Coming up in the 5 o'clock hour today, John Holcomb, followed by Dusty Dvorak here on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Well, let's rip off the Band-Aid. 25-22, the final in overtime from Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. I feel like from just the game standpoint, and we'll talk, I think, more off-the-field stuff later, but from the game standpoint, there are so many different areas that you can begin. And I guess overall, Pop, like what did you think of how San Francisco played in its entirety? Uh, yeah, I've, I've had a hard time kind of dealing with that, with how they played. I, I go back and forth on it. Um, <laughs> if you would have given me the some of these numbers and asked me, like, if you had presented me with this information early and asked me what would the ultimate outcome of this game be, and I would have told you hands down that they found a way to to get it done. Um, you just played a Super Bowl against who many people now are trying to force feed down our down our throat. And you know my feelings on this. I I, I understand that you've got three championships and dude is twenty eight. But after Tom Brady and the Patriots won their third championship, that core group stayed together another 15 years, okay? And I'm sorry, three championships is not six, right? Can we all agree on that? Like, that's for a different subject for a different day of, like, hitting the break. But under the current version of whatever form of dynasty that we have now, if you were to told me, Here's what Kansas City's first nine possessions in a Super Bowl look like. Punt, punt, fumble, punt, field goal, INT, punt, field goal, punt. <laughs> like, buddy, that is, like, the, the, the San Francisco has done their job. They've done their job. With all the discourse coming into this game about how their defense is played, and we'll get to this later on, I had some serious problems with Steve Wilkes uh, on top of Kyle Shanahan, the head coach. But for the most part, this defense resembled, did it not, the, uh, uh, a portion of what we ca- saw through the first eight, nine weeks of the season. Like, that's a, that's a hell of a okay. job on the first nine possessions, considering what we had just witnessed from the two games previously and, hell, even going back um, through the majority of December. That's why a little bit of this to me today is so hard to stomach when I look at something like that. I mean, in regulation, you basically allow one touchdown to Mahomes and the Chiefs on a 16-yard drive. On a short field, yeah. 16-yard drive, that's a truly wow moment. There's uh, Present that to me, and I tell you, there's no humanly way possible that they end up losing that game. So I think there are elements of it that they played outstanding. That was about 85% of what San Francisco's defense looked like at the beginning of the season. Um, There were some gigantic mistakes I felt like that both teams had over the course of the game. And when it comes down to it, what will forever haunt me, forget the drive, forget this discourse today over... 
Oh, the Niners didn't know the playoff format, overtime rules. Like none of that, none of that crap matters. That, in many ways, is a like a red herring to me. Like none of that, none of that crap matters. I don't care if Juice didn't know the overtime rules or not, and everyone's trying to make a big deal about that. Yes, on the outside, it looks bad, like they're not prepared. But spare me. This game boils down to two third and four plays. That's it. Two third and four plays to where on the first one that you had a chance out of a timeout in the two-minute warning where you know what one of the best defensive coordinators that we've seen recently in the league whose bread and butter is bringing pressure in moments like this, whose job it is to light your ass up who has done it in key moments in this game and through the course of the playoffs, you've got a third and four coming out of a timeout, and the play that you run does not take into account at all the fact that you know that you're going to get pressure, and you put your quarterback in such a tough spot that he's got virtually one second to drop, and that's it. The pressure is on him, boom, instantly. And it's 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 so prototypical Kansas City, you know what they're going to do. I'm sitting at home in Coweta, Oklahoma, knowing that that pressure is coming in that moment. Like, what have you decided to do in that moment that can, in order to put your quarterback in the best position possible to make a play that, in a way, gives you the opportunity to run the clock down to maybe Mahomes – has and he could have got them in field goal position in 30 seconds, but let's just say it's it's 20 to 30 seconds. I like my chances there in that moment with kicking field goal at the end of regulation if you're able to pick up third and four. And then you take the football first in overtime. I don't have a problem with it. I really don't. And you go right down the field. And on third and four, you have designed a play. And this is where I'm going to need a little bit of help on someone that has a, a, a larger and, and a more vast knowledge of what that play was specifically designed to do than what I do. Because most of the discourse has been, wait a minute, you let Chris Jones come free? Well... There are some that will tell you that because of design, that that play is actually designed to let one man come completely free with the way that they work it. But of all dudes like Chris Jones, that's the guy with McKivitz. And, I mean, all he needed was another split second there. And not only did he have Jennings. By the way, if Jennings had caught that and they win. Now, Mahomes could have went back down the field and scored again, right? Would have I been shocked by that? No. But Jennings catches that. Do you know what a do you know what a forty dollar bet on on Jawan Jennings to win the MVP would have won? A forty dollar bet would have won you twelve thousand dollars. And if he had caught that touchdown pass, guess what? He's more than likely winning the MVP after having two touchdown catches and throwing for one. But that's besides the point. That you you got you got worked like you got worked on the two third and fours, and then I know that they don't run that very often at all, and I hate to even bring his name up because I thought that 97 for Frisco was an absolute war daddy last night. I mean, that was, that was about as good a game as Bosa's had maybe in two years, 
And there were moments where he was even a split second shorter where he could have even had a bigger game. But his aggressiveness gets to you, and that was an absolute genius play call on fourth and one out of the gun. Because when that lined up, and I thought, my God, they're they're running, they're in the gun in fourth and one. Dude, in my brain, I'm like, we just won the world championship. Like, I, I, just, I just had this figured out, like, something's going to happen here. And then, of course, as soon as the ball was snapped, I thought, oh, no. Because you could almost just see it, the absolute C part open for him to pick up. And it was such a wonderful, irritating play call from them that I, I don't have necessarily anything that's over the top, dude, in terms of the way and style that they played outside of nitpicky things here and there. But the, this game came down to me because both teams made mistakes of your lack of being prepared on what was coming at you on two third and four calls and then also fourth and one when they took advantage of an over-aggressive defensive end who you know is crashing in, who's trying to crash in on Pacheco. And it was a, it was a perfect play call. Um, so it, when you asked me how they played, I mean, they just went toe-to-toe with, with Kansas City in a game in which you knew was going to be close. And we, we can nitpick, and I'm sure there's some things that you're going to bring up that I probably agree with or not, but uh, I, I spent probably 80, 85% of that game going, they are outplaying them again, but yet yeah. they miss their opportunity. They miss their opportunity to put distance between themselves and Kansas City. And that's what that team needed was distance. You know, you don't, in a perfect scenario, you don't want to allow some of the greats to have the ball in their hand at the end of the game with a chance to win. Right? You don't want Steph wide open for a a look at the end of the game in which they're trailing by two. You don't want to go in and only have a one- or two-shot lead on Tiger heading into a Sunday in a major. You just don't. You don't at all. And this is one of those moments where because they and Kansas City had a lot to do with this, but to never be able to put distance between themselves and Mahomes when they had the opportunity on offense, that is what cost them the game in those, in those three or those, those third and four plays. And that's, that's how I view last night, and that's why last night is so freaking difficult to swallow. It's the irony of not being able to separate when you kind of felt like through the NFC run, it was the opposite, right? Like the Packers didn't quite capitalize on for, for the majority of the game outplaying the 49ers. And then here comes the 49ers and they win. Same thing with, with Detroit and the 49ers and, and not being able to put them away and giving them some life. And then next thing you know, it, it swings the other way. I, I'm watching that game. We're like midway through the third quarter. And I'm like, how how is this a game because it feels like the score should be 30 to 3 just in terms of of how how physically dominant I think San Francisco had been to that point and I agree with you on both of the third and fours I thought the biggest play in the entire game and I still feel this way after it's it's all played out but in the moment I absolutely felt this way the punt muff or I guess it it technically hit a 49er coming down right before yes. McLeod even touched it but I know there were other turnovers in the game. There were no turnovers, though, that gave one of the teams a short field, right? On a night where 
Yeah. Anything offensively was at a premium, right? To 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 get a turnover that gives you a short field where you don't have to to. I mean, because that th- that was the only turnover that anybody produced points on, right? The other ones were were far on the other side of the field and and ultimately weren't capitalized on. That was the only one that gave them a short field, and I thought it opened the door in terms of momentum for Kansas City to to get things going the rest of the way, but. To me, that was just such a, a crushing momentum swing and, and an offense in Kansas City that didn't feel like it had any clue what it was doing. Uh, to finally give them a snap deep into into San Francisco yeah. territory was, was enormous. Dude, how many times do you get the visual? And this compounds the frustration and sadness and heartbreak for me as a Niner fan. How many times do you get the visual where Andy is over there sitting next to Pat like trying to figure this out, like what's going on. They had already talked about on the broadcast, hey, the defense has called a, a, a player's meeting here on the sidelines. The offense had done the same thing. Cue the next shot. It's Andy sitting down with Pat. Like they're, they're trying to go to work on the surface tablet, like looking at them. That's why I go to those first nine possessions. Like you would have told me that prior to the game. That's right. And I'm like, they're, they're walking away with a world championship. And... I I have a hot take. I don't I don't know how quickly this happens or where I even put the percentages on, but I'm here to tell you that there was something that happened in the middle of that game last night from the San Francisco perspective that I very rarely think happens on a stage like that. And I'm here to tell you that I don't think Steve Wilkes will be back as the Niners defensive coordinator. And that's wild considering the fact that they just went to the Super Bowl with a first-year D coordinator, right? I don't think he's going to be back. The moment in which the broadcast, in which Tony Romo correctly pointed out how angry that Kyle Shanahan was, that Steve Wilkes had decided to go cover zero, was getting ready to send the house again in a moment that was eerily similar to something that had just happened what, four or five plays earlier in which Kyle was visibly frustrated with to where your head coach basically, let's just call Kyle the OC. Like, Kyle is the OC. The great thing about the past version, and Andy has Andy Reid has the, the comfort level with this as well because he's got Spags, who is basically head coach of the defense, correct? Andy doesn't. Of course. Yeah. A- Andy doesn't double, doesn't second guess. Andy, Andy doesn't have to worry about anything with, with Spags at all. There's complete trust that's there between those two. Can you remember a moment in which a, a, a play caller is a head coach who's so hyper-focused on what's happening on the offensive side of the ball, takes a timeout in the effing Super Bowl because he's so pissed at his defensive coordinator to overrule him in a moment like that? I mean, that's – and I, I get both sides of it. I get there. There's some of that that I'm like, hey, you you're gonna play zone and they're gonna eat, you know, eat four or five yards at a time and work their way down the field. Romo was talking about that. Like, I don't know if I do that here. So I get that that's Will trying to mix it up a little bit, but that's seemingly all he had in his bag. That was it. Like his bag of tricks is what they do on a regular basis or. Like, sitting a blitz, that's it. There's nothing exotic about it. We already know how they are on the back end. 
And I like I think Kyle was more content at that moment to be like, hey, just let them keep doing this and we'll play the percentages here and try to get a stop. But why are you you're you're putting us in a really, really dangerous spot here? I can't remember a moment like that that I remember in a game the caliber of the Super Bowl to have a head coach just basically not trust your defensive coordinator to do his job. And there was some weirdness that happened through the course of the season anyway with that. And, uh, look, maybe Mahomes and the Chiefs yeah. are inevitable. Maybe, maybe they are. And up until that point, I thought that, that Wilkes and that crew had done a really good job with them. And I don't want someone that's listening to this think that I'm taking away anything from Kansas City because that would be moronic to take anything away from, from what they've accomplished. But I'm telling you, they... They outplayed them and just couldn't finish it. They 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 couldn't finish it, which is which is part of the deal. You have to be able to finish it, and Kansas City finished it when San Francisco couldn't. Well, speaking of coaching, I I, I couldn't for the life of me understand why you wouldn't just squeeze the life out of the clock the entire second half and 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 just give the ball to who I think was the best player in the NFL this year, deserved the MVP of the league, Christian McCaffrey, like. I don't know how you felt about that, but it was mind-blowing to me. You know, I, there was some of that, I think, maybe in the moment of the one tweet that I did send was like, hey, run the damn ball. And, uh, you know, even Jerry had, had sent me a text about that. And I, I do agree for the most part. Um, I don't think it was necessarily as easy running the ball as what it seemed to at times last night. And there was a lot of – say what you want, but – Second and nine, you know, third and eight, those are difficult. And yards per carry last night, I think, was below three and a half for San Francisco. So it wasn't as easy as what it seemed to be at times. And I do, that's where I do give Kansas City a lot of credit that they, they did hold the Niners well below their yards per carry average. And for for play callers, especially Kyle, like second and nine, third and eight is difficult. And how many times last night in the third quarter, off the top of my head, I can remember three or four where you looked up and it was, all right, now it's second and 12. Uh, Now it's – and some of that's because he's in his own bag and trying to outsmart himself at times. Yeah, he could have been better in that moment, but it seemed, I think, far more egregious in the moment than what it did upon, like, revision on that. And the other area, too, is that you you also got Mahomes to make a mistake. Like he, he tried to overthrow that, and a lot of that was because of, again, the good job from Bosa of not allowing him to get outside where Mahomes is so fantastic at being able to make things happen on the run. Like He tried to force it in a moment. You got a pick for the first time in seven games in the playoffs against him. And then the first, the first two plays, especially second down, play that San Francisco got because they got it at the 44 and that's when I think I kind of lost my bleep a little bit I'm like what what are we what are we doing here because in that moment that was that that's just another chance to give you that cushion that I was talking about that they so desperately needed and they just they could not take advantage of it at all and I thought that that was a pretty big blow to them overall in the course of the game at least in in the um at least in the course of regulation. Yeah. I did see some criticism last night of Shanahan in, in two instances, which is ironic because Dan Campbell was criticized for going for it 
in the NFC Championship, but I saw on the two third and fours that you mentioned after the, they unsuccessfully converted those, I, I saw criticism that he didn't go for it. Yeah, which man. I thought in both instances, kicking the field goal was the right move. You mean to tell me that? So uh, I guess you could have a little bit more debate. Maybe at the end of regulation, you're going to tell me you're not going to kick a field goal in overtime. You're not. You're not going to take the points in overtime. After, after you had just taken up half of the entire damn quarter, you'd given your defense a rest that had done a pretty good job up until that moment. Correct had done a really good job. You gave them half a quarter of rest, which they desperately needed from the end of regulation. Like you, you're just going to automatically go for it. Like saying that, say, oh, well, like Tony kept saying last night, like Tony needs to chill a little bit. By the way, I thought the broadcast was pretty decent last night, at least in comparison to the AFC championship game. But Tony, even in overtime going, oh, you know, it's, second and 12 and the Niners are on their 26 yard line I think this is four down territory I'm like bro you need to freaking chill man he said that like in the third quarter too like the the Niners are in the their own 30 and Tony's like this might be four down territory no no." he also thought the Kansas City defense was was I mean barely alive they were so tired yeah I know that's why he thought it was four down territory I I I just I didn't see that at all and I thought that that was hilarious that that continued to be a narrative but I I think you kick in both of those cases. You just do. I agree. If and if you don't, I, I think it gets even louder in that moment if you don't kick it than what it does than than with you do. But in overtime, there's no question. You take the freaking points, man. You you just take them. And I I don't yeah, I, I mean, didn't have, have any other problem about that. I just had a problem with the third down play, what the design was, the fact that there were two people that were potentially open and and you just couldn't get it because you let one of the best defensive players in the entire league run completely free. Um, that's where I have a problem with. It. I do not have a problem with kicking. And of all of the mistakes that were made on both sides of the equation last night, I mean, how about the fact that. I don't know that I had one single moment where I was like, Brock Purdy is a problem. None. None whatsoever. None. None. I walked out of that game and I thought, you know what? Um, <laughs> there's no coming back from this, but Brock Purdy's going to be okay. Brock Purdy's, Brock Purdy's fine. Brock Purdy was not the problem last night for them at all. There's been some criticism that he didn't hit the open receivers, and you know, oh, I don't necessarily I mean, he, think that's on Brock. But if there's anything that I would, I would have design problems with again with some of the plays is, I just wish that Kyle Shanahan would take a page a little bit more out of what he's just saw with Andy Reid, where he is not so hell bent on keeping Brock in the pocket. Because what happens when Brock gets out of the pocket? You guys have seen it. What happens when he what happened when he got out of the pocket against Detroit? Made things happen, right? Played, made, what about made, some made. of those big throws that he had getting out of the pocket against Green Bay? Plays on the sidelines, he's threading it, you're taking advantage of what his strength is, which is accuracy. He's moving around, he's far more athletic than what anyone gives him credit for. Same thing with Mahomes. Mahomes people forget like how athletic that that dude actually is. We always want to talk about his arms that he but dude, he makes massive plays with his feet. Like his two runs in overtime were, yeah, enormous. They 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 
won the game for him essentially. Yeah. So that just design, but yeah, I. It, if you if that's the f- the main thing that you took away from the game last night is like Brock Purdy doesn't have it. Like you are just continuing on a tired narrative from the two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. There's far more to nitpick about about that game other than just 13. No question about it. All right, we've got to take a timeout. That is Jeremy Poplin. I am Colby Daniels. Scott File is on the other side of the glass in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. A reminder. We have both John Holcomb and Dusty Dvorak coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. You're listening to the Blitz 1170, and we are streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.